Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Jesus, mighty name, we have prayed. Amen, amen. One more time, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We're about to have a great time and you know, if I were to tell you what kind of service this would be, I am just giving you bullets for your gun. That's what I'm here to do. To give you bullets for your gun, lyrics for your worship, you know, ammunition for your meditation. That's, that's, that's the aim of this service. And I want you to get ready. We're getting right into the word right now. You see, I was thinking this afternoon about something I said at the reboot camp. And I just want to emphasize today again. You see, when you read the Bible, you may end up with the conclusion that angels are the meanest beings ever. You just might end up with that conclusion. All right. And that's from a human perspective. You just think angels are very mean. Very mean. Because especially when you examine their communication with humans, you, you tend to see that, I mean, let me give you an example. One of the most beautiful sights ever. Jesus is about to be caught up in the clouds. After his earthly ministry, after he had died, after he had been buried, after he rose again the third day, after he had spent 40 days training and teaching his disciples on that final day and in that final moment and hour, he stands right before them. He's giving them his, his last words, his benedictions. And he begins to levitate right in their midst. And he's received up in the cloud. Now, first of all, I just want to say, by the way, that you see, the destiny of Jesus is our destiny. The same way he died, you know, we were dead to sin. He was buried. We were buried with him. You know, I've taught you that several times, you know. And he rose and we were raised with him. I believe that his ascent, all right, is also a picture of the rapture. Because the way he left the earth is the same way we're going to leave the earth. Do you understand? This time around, not everybody is going to see us per se. You know, and I, no, no time to really dwell on that. But we're definitely going to be caught up just the same way he did. But that's, that's by the way, just imagine you being there and you're talking to someone and right before your eyes, he begins to levitate. And there's a cloud waiting to receive him. And he's talking and just picture it as if you were there. You know, his voice continues to get more distant and more distant and more distant until you can't hear or see him anymore. I mean, he's, he's, he's engulfed in the cloud and then he's out of the earth. I can imagine how fascinated you would be, you know, literally just gazing and wondering and you are in awe. Then here's the bubble buster. The next thing they realize, there are angels standing with them. Acts chapter 1 from verse 9, the Bible says, Now when he had spoken these things, they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight, all right? And whilst they looked steadfastly towards the heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, 
who said, men of Galilee, <laughs> listen to what he said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? What do you mean why stand gazing up into heaven? This is a fascinating sight. This is beautiful. What do you mean why am I standing and gazing? But you're like, why are you standing and gazing? This same Jesus who was taken up from you in heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him going to heaven. You see, so the angels, you know, are like, well, don't you know the scriptures? This is not, this is, this was bound to happen. And the same way he went, he's going to come back. Why, why, why are you, why are you staring? Why are you gazing? You know, for them, the natural human responses might just be slow. What, what you doing? Why, is, you think that's cool? Have you ever been, you know, exposed to something someone else is not exposed to and the person is like wow and you're like oh you think that's cool <laughs> you know that's that's typically typically what was happening here i'll give you another example in luke chapter one the bible tells us about a high priest named zacharias zacharias and his wife had been praying for a child but now they're of age they're old and he goes into the most holy place to go about his, you know, his duties in the temple. And next thing there's an angel. And the angel tells him he's going to have a child, tells him about the destiny of the child, and a lot of other interesting stuff. And then Zacharias, in what you may call an innocent response, says, well, how is this going to happen? I am old. My wife is old. How is this going to happen? And the angel responded. You know, I, you, you could just see, imagine from the response, you know, what was going through the angel's mind. What do you mean how? These are questions that are so natural in our realm, but not there. What, what do you mean how? I, I told you something is going to happen, and you're saying how? What do you mean how? I, the response was a tad bit arrogant. It, it, someone is saying, how is it going to happen? And your response is, I am Gabriel. <laughs> How is it going to happen? I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the Lord. Do you think this is a joke? What do you mean how? And he says, because you doubt it, you will be dumb until the fulfillment of the prophecy. And you're like, why so serious? Why so serious? Listen, the simple lesson is this. When you do proper Bible study, you quickly have to learn, all right, that the mentality in this realm is totally different from the mentality in God's realm. He said, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As far as the heaven is above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. Alright, so for a natural man, you have to understand that God's ways are high and over the top. You're, I, I, I'm going to put this as nicely as I can. Your emergency is not his emergency. Your fear is not his fear. You know, when you see a two-year-old scared of cockroaches, now I'm saying two-year-old just to respect you, some of you, 36, you are scared of cockroaches. But, hey, let's pretend that's not the case for some of you. You know, but when you see 
Someone afraid of cockroaches. You know, yeah, you're trying to empathize and to understand what the person is going through, but you know, really, this thing is not a threat at all. I've given you this example before. How that, you know, I've always been good with mathematics throughout my life, but I went into the university, and for some reason, it took me time to catch up. All right. And I saw mathematics on a different level, and there was this show-off lecturer, you know, who, and I'm not even going to go into that. So I, I go home. You have to understand, my mom has three master's degrees in mathematics. So I'm there on the table with my calculator, with my pen, with my paper. I spent time, I had past questions, and I'm rehearsing. And I spent time rehearsing and trying to work out all these sums, and somehow I'm not getting it with my calculator and with my pen and with my paper. And then she comes, my mom comes and she sees me puzzled, and she's like, what's the matter? And I said, it's so difficult. And she, I will never forget, she lifts the paper up, and she's like, ah, number one is B now, number two is C now, number three is, and I, I subconsciously grab the paper from her and say, give me. <laughs> like, if you want to teach me, teach me, otherwise just go. You understand? But, but now you can understand how that something that is so difficult for someone can be so easy for another person. And she, so she looks at it and she doesn't even see the threat. She doesn't even see, what, oh, oh, you said it's difficult? I, I, I don't see it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. As simple as what I said is, Remember the next time you pray who you're talking to. What may be a threat to you is no threat to him at all. You have to understand this. And what might be a simple expression of innocence and curiosity on your part is stupidity in that realm. So can I tell you something? If you're going to walk with God, you have to embrace his mentality you have to embrace his definition of normal. You have to embrace the new normal. Because what might be your normal human propensity and response, your reflex, might be a show of lack of faith. The Bible says we'll judge angels. How are you going to judge angels if they feel your prayer is stupid? <laughs> like They're just watching you afraid and you're like, hey, these people don't even know what they have. They don't even know who they are. The theme for this month is the new normal. God is bringing us to walk according to our destiny in naturally supernatural life. Embrace this life. Because you see, what might be normal for a natural man is totally different in our realm. So I'll give you one more example and then I'll move on. Matthew 14 tells a story. All right. The disciples were in a boat. And the Bible says that the winds were contrary. And so the boat was swerving, you know. And, you know, they must have been struggling to keep it stable so that it, it I mean, they're not thrown into the water. And right in that turbulence, the very waves that they're afraid of, they look and they see someone. Right in the ocean, walking on the water. 
what might be a threat to someone else's life is another person's platform. I told you, these same economic circumstances sinking businesses will be the greatest opportunities some other businesses have had. You have to understand this. And I'm not saying this, you know, someone will respond, you know, naturally. I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? Hey, hey, hey. Take this as a statement of fact first. Maybe we'll come to that later. But just think about it. There are human beings in a boat worried sick that they might sink. And there is another person right on the water. Walking towards them. <laughs> and the adults began to cry like children. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. And Jesus had to tell them, fear not, I'm the one. <laughs> fear not, I'm the one. Think about that. And then Peter, you know, has always been known to be forward. But this time it pays off at least. For our sake, we learn a lot from the experience and from the encounter. And he says, Jesus, if it's you, ask me to come. And Jesus says, come. And Peter breaks history that day. Not the first, the second man. Jesus was a man, remember, to walk on water. So he stretches off his leg from the boat. Steps on water. He takes few steps. Everything is going on fine. And as the human that he is, the natural human propensity, you know, came to the forefront. And he began to observe the boisterous winds. You have to understand, it wasn't even safe for them in the boat moments ago. And now he's walking on water. If a boat couldn't take it, how much more a human body? So you have to understand, it wasn't just the waves that, I mean, the ocean that made him afraid. The wind must have been pushing against him. And even if he was witnessing a miracle, literally, at some point, he just got afraid. And guess what? When he got scared, what happened? He began to sink. He began to sink so fast, Jesus had to catch him. If Jesus didn't catch him, he would have sunk. Think about this. Now, if I was Jesus, I probably would have said, you know what, you tried. Don't worry, you've done what no one else has done. <laughs> you tried. Well, I understand. I mean, I understand you were afraid and all of that. Good job, good job. Let's go back to the boat. But as Jesus caught him, you know what Jesus said? Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. Why did you doubt? Praise the Lord. Why did you doubt? That's what he said. Why did you doubt? So even for Jesus, walking on water one moment, sinking the next, he's like, ah, come on, you should know better. Because you have to understand, in our realm, all right, you don't actually learn by education per se. There are some things that ought to come naturally to you. 
And this is not to say that we don't learn doctrine by education. This, that's a different subject. All right. But you see, faith is a gift. It's a gift. Yes, it's a fruit. It's a fruit and a gift at the same time. You have to understand that. So there, there are some things that if you don't see pertaining to faith in your life, it is because you have chosen to focus on your former life. You have chosen to pay attention to the things of mere men. And until you embrace the concept of the new normal, you can't do much for God. You are destined to do much, but you won't do much. This is so important. Okay, for instance, to bring it to the focus of today, now there is a virus ravaging the whole world. And the world is scared. And then you also, a child of God filled with the Holy Spirit, you get scared. And then you go to God in fear. At least the people I'm even talking about are people who even prayed about it. Some are scared and have not prayed about it at all. And some who pray about it, what, what they pray is just a, a demonstration of fear. Don't forget, angels don't grow old and die. So the same angels that stood beside the disciples are still around today. Gabriel, who responded to Zacharias, is still around today. And so the way they responded then to fear and unbelief is the way they will respond now. You have to understand this. The way Jesus responded to Peter when he considered the boisterous wings instead of looking to him is the way he will respond now. You have to understand this. He's not going to change. That's the way he's going to respond now. What are you praying? What is your focus now? And do you realize how your focus might be jeopardizing your chance at the supernatural? Your destiny can be jeopardized by wrong focus. Safety Meditations is the title of this message. What is your focus? The moment Peter lost his focus, began to look at the boisterous winds, instead of looking to the Lord, he began to sink. What's your focus in a season like this? You know, this generation has to be one of the most lackadaisical generations ever. Because we've not even gone through any tough time. We've not gone through any tough time. We're not used to going through stuff. We're not used to putting the word of God to work. Many times. And so you, you see a lot of comments on social media and you just know, oh my God, you know, the kind of generation that we are in. Very petty, very fickle. You read something in the news, you are already questioning all that you know, all that you've believed. What if they put a sword on your neck and ask you if you still believe in Jesus. What are you going to do then? I want to read something to you. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 8, Jonah made a statement that we must learn from. Don't forget where, where I stopped. As Peter was, you know, 
drowning, the reason he was drowning was because he took his focus off the Lord and was considering the boisterous winds. The moment his gaze was off the Lord and his gaze was on the boisterous winds, he began to sink. Pay attention to that. So, listen, in the realm of faith, in the realm of the supernatural, you have to understand the repercussions of a misplaced priority, of a misplaced focus. You lose your supernatural touch when you lose your focus. This is so important. Jonah chapter 2 verse 8. He says, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. NKJV puts it this way. But KJV puts it in a more general way. KJV says, those who observe lying vanities. Lying vanities, you know, it doesn't talk about idols alone. Anything vain. The moment your eye is off the Lord. And to things or to stuff, or in this case, you are considering, you know, all the vain things happening. You know, you're, you're just on the news 247 and it's good to be updated but you have to understand how it affects your mentality those who observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy now you're forsaking your own mercy there are options now you see just like myself trying to solve that arithmetic sum and it was easy for my mom you know, you find yourself in a fix. You think there is no way out. God sees a billion ways. A billion. A billion ways. But now, because your focus is wrong, you can't see a way out. You can't see a way out. You, you can, you, and the moment that happens, he can't even help you. He can't talk to you. He can't guide you. What's your focus? What's your focus? Because you see, when we talk about an expression of faith, or as it pertains to the theme for today, meditation. When you're talking about meditation, you're talking about two things. Number one, the focus of your eyes, the sight of your eyes. And then the words that your mouth is speaking. Focus is so simple. In fact, many times, I dare say, that faith as an expression is simply a game of focus. <laughs> if you focus on what you ought to focus on, your faith will be alive. A lot of people think faith is so complex, you know, like a very difficult arithmetic sum. I'm using a lot of examples with arithmetics today, you know. Oh, you have to tilt your head this angle. Um, you know, and keep your neck in a particular, you know, all this complex stuff. But basically, it's all about focus. See the right things. You've heard what the professionals have to say about the virus. You know, you've heard what um, the presidents of the nations have to say about the virus. You've heard what the governors have to say about the virus. You've heard everybody except God. Everybody except God. 
What has he said? The Bible says, you shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Have you, have you meditated on that? This is the time to meditate. Sit down. Open that text. I will lay hands on the sick and the sick. Listen, so when I lay hands on the sick, I don't contract the sickness. The sick recovers. That's the word of God. Let God be true and all men liars. Sit down and consider the word of God. I will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Hallelujah. Endorse the word of God over your life. Praise the Lord. So Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. It says, Then thou shalt make your way prosperous, and you shall have good success. You shall have good success. And like I said, meditation can be understood in two simple ways, your focus and your confessions. And I've spent the last few minutes talking about focus. And now I want to talk about confessions. Because he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. It's a mouth business. Many times, your mind is not even where it is meant to be. Can I tell you something? Have you noticed sometimes your mind is wandering, you want to take your mind back, and it's not easy. One easy way to keep your mind where it is meant to be is with your words. I've taught you this before. When you are tempted, don't shake, off your, shake it off your mind. It will still stay. Can I tell you something? If you see something tempting and you close your eye, the image is still there. There's a screen behind your eyelids. You may know what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, you can literally close your eye and still have a vivid picture of what the room that you, were, you are in looks like. The last image you saw can still be clear in your mind. I dare say there are some images you will see that will last you decades. All right? So you direct your thoughts with words. You don't control thoughts with thoughts. You don't shake off thoughts. You direct your thoughts with your words. This book of the law shall not depart. I'm teaching you on meditation. It's a mouth business. At the temptation of Jesus, a lot of people think that the devil was with him physically carrying him to the pinnacle of the temple. So the people who were in the temple at the time saw Jesus and the devil. And they're like, ah, who are those guys on the roof? And someone's like, shh, keep your voice down. The devil is tempting him. Don't distract them. Is that what you think happened? No. The temptation happened where every temptation happens. In the mind, you know, you can be you know, in one place and travel with your mind to the pinnacle of the temple travel to the top of a mountain, you can have legitimate spiritual experiences and temptations in one place. Whilst it is like 
You've traveled from place to place. What do you think happened? So eventually, the devil took Jesus to the top of the temple and said, look at all the kingdoms of the earth. First of all, literally, is there any mountain like that from which you can see all the kingdoms of the earth? Look at the kingdoms of the earth. If you will bow to me, I will give them to you. And Jesus said, get the behind me, Satan. And Satan says, okay. And Jesus is like, hey, 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 hey. How do I get back to where I was before? Come back, come back. Okay, don't get behind me anymore. Take me back, back first. Then get behind me. Is that what you think happened? No, it all happened where all temptations happen in the mind. But unlike you, Jesus didn't just shake off the mind. He spoke. He spoke, okay? This is important. Praise the Lord. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. So what I'm going to use the next few minutes to do is to give you meditations from the Word of God, things to confess in the Word. Safety meditations, safety medications. For some of you, it's going to be medications. <laughs> there is a prescription in the Word. There are some things you take every morning, like pills. If it is only pills you know how to swallow, you, you may be in trouble. You, you, listen, do you know how to take prescriptions from the word of God? When you are going through stuff, you go and you arm yourself with relevant texts for that area, for that aspect. And you paste it on the wall. You see it every morning and you call it out to yourself. Have you learned that? Have you learned that? Instead, all you do with your mouth is, ah, the pain, yeah, it has moved. Ah, yeah, and I understand. I understand that the wind is boisterous, but can't you see you are drowning? Speak the word. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Let's get into the word now. Let's go start from Psalm 91 that we quoted, you know, on Sunday. And there are some things that I didn't really dwell on, I just want to bring out. Just think about this. I'm going to start with the first one that has to do with what we're talking about, meditation right now. Verse 4 of Psalm 91 says, He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. I like the next statement. He says, His truth shall be your shield and buckler. His, his truth, oh glory to God. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. His truth, oh, not just a mask. His truth, not just sanitizers. His truth, not just the lockdown strategy. His truth is my shield and my buckler. Listen, and this is not just something to say. This is something to do. If his truth is your shield and buckler, what truth? What truth have you armed yourself with in this period? What is your meditation in this period? Get to the word. What has God said about you? 
Know it, write it out, read it to yourself often. His truth is your shield and buckler. His truth. You know what a shield is? A defense from assault. A defense from attack. He said the truth of God is your shield. Think about that. Your defense from danger. It neutralizes blows. It neutralizes darts. It neutralizes arrows. Shield. He's, he's trying to get you to see God's word for the shield that it is. His shield shall be your truth. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. See it for the, for the shield that it is. Say that over your life right now. The truth of God's word is my shield and my buckler. Oh, I declare that the truth of God's word is my shield and buckler. I declare that the truth of God's word is my shield. I'm shielded from every disease. I'm shielded. The truth of God's word, the consciousness of the truth of God's word has shielded me. Oh, I'm shielded. I'm shielded. I'm shielded. Glory to God. The truth of God's word is my shield and buckler. I'm shielded. Hey, I'm responsible. I do what I need to do. But his truth is my shield and buckler. Glory to God. Think about that. Do you know what else it says? Look at verse 9. Let's, verse 10, I beg your pardon. Verse 10. It says, There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague any plague, any plague, what you're seeing in the world is a plague. I emphasize pestilence on Sunday. Now, he's talking about the plague. All these things are in the word of God. Do you believe this? It says, there shall no evil befall me. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. Either my actual house or my abode, my body. No plague comes nigh. No plague. No viral infection. No bacterial infection. No infection from any kind shall come nigh my dwelling. Listen, these are safety medications or safety meditations. Medit you know, it's either preventive or curative. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. Say that boldly. Listen. So, as I begin to read out these texts, you repeat them. You endorse them over your life. You endorse them over your life. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. Verse 16. It says, For with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. With long life. Ha, with long life I'm satisfied. I'm going to live a good, long, healthy, and purposeful life. Some of you, you are young, you're already imagining. You're already afraid of what it would be like if you got old and got blind. You've already imagined what it would be like to get old and not be able to walk. Oh, how lonely it would be. Th those are your meditations. 
and the word of God has given you a focus. He said, with long life, I will satisfy you. Some of you are so afraid of death. Afraid. Afraid. Before it was coronavirus, you were afraid that you might have an accident and die. Every time you cross over a third mainland bridge, you look at the ocean and you imagine, what if my car falls? You know, what, all kinds of what ifs. He said, with long life, I will satisfy you. Thank you, Jesus. Say that over yourself. <laughs> I'm satisfied with long life. Glory be to God. Look at Psalm 119, verse 104. Psalm 119, verse 104. So you begin to take this down, okay? And I'm sure the media team, they're going to try to cut out these quotations I'm making as an excerpt, you know, going forward so that you can arm yourself with them. Make them your meditations in this period. Safety meditations. That's, that's, that's why I'm doing this. I'm just going to read them out to you so that you can hear them again and again. Hallelujah. This is not the type of sermon you listen to once and for all. There's, there's no such sermon anyway. But this one, you arm yourself with it. You listen to it until you know all the text by heart. Psalm 119 verse 114. It says, you are my hiding place. That's God. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. <laughs> I hope in your word. I hope in the word of God. He is my hiding place. He is my shield. I hope in the word of God. Ah, in a world of danger, you are my hiding place. You are my defense. You are my shield. I hope in the word of God. I hope in your word, oh Lord. Your fear reveals your trusts. Your fear reveals your trust. The reason you are afraid is because you trust in yourself. But God is my shield. He is my hiding place. He is my defense. He is my rock. I hope in his word. My children have found refuge in him. He is their hiding place. My wife has found refuge in him. He, he is her hiding place. We hope in your word, oh God. We hope in your word, oh God. We pray for a vaccine to come forth, but we hope in your word, oh God. We pray for a cure to come forth, but we hope in your word, oh God. You are our hiding place. You are our shield. Psalm chapter 16, verse 8. Safety meditations. You know, a lot of people know soteriology. They know eschatology. They know the redemptive work of Christ. They know very little about how God protects. I'm giving you bullets for your gun. Psalms Chapter 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Meditations. Safety meditation. I have set the Lord always before me. 
because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. Listen, you can have compassion and not be moved. You can have compassion and not be afraid. Listen, you can look at the news, see, oh, 70,000 deaths in the U.S. You, you feel compassion, but you're not afraid. Because the Lord is at my right hand. I refuse to be moved. I refuse to be perturbed. I refuse to fear. The Lord is at my right hand. I, have, I set the Lord always before me. Not just the news, but I set the Lord always before me. He's my gaze. He's my focus at the time like this. At hostile moments like this, I set the Lord always before me. I shall not be moved. I am not moved. Do, do, do you know what it means to be moved? I shall not be moved. I hope you're saying this over your life. <laughs> I hope that you're saying this over yourself. Praise the Lord. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 7. This just came to mind now. I didn't plan to read this. In Joshua chapter 7. No, the children of Israel had just conquered the formidable Jericho. And now they were going to defeat Ai next. And then people went to spy the land and they're like, ah, we got this. Don't send everybody. Just send 2,000 people. Little did they know that, you know, someone had tampered with the instruction of the Lord and their cover was blown. They were vulnerable. And so, they went, and they were defeated. The Bible says that the soldiers from Ai, they pursued them <laughs> a long distance. The, the, the Israeli soldiers were just running, running for their dear life. But the Bible tells me something that I want to quote to you. In verse 5 of Joshua chapter 7, the last part says, Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Uh, and that's, that's what I wanted to read to you, to show you what it means to be moved. To be moved means one moment, you know, your, your face was set like a flint, you, you were focused, you know, you were strong, and by experience, you became defeated in your mind. The Bible says their hearts was like water. They melted like butter under fire. <laughs> but the Bible says, I will not be moved. I've set the Lord always before me. My heart is not melting. I will not be moved. Maybe three months ago, you were not moved. You, you know, it was just something happening in some corner of the world. Then you now heard that someone in your streets <laughs> fell victim to the virus. You know, when it begins to hit home a little, then you become perturbed. But the text says, I've set the Lord always before me. I will not be moved. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I've set the Lord always before me. I will not be moved. I am not perturbed. I am not afraid. Glory to God. I refuse to fear. Second Samuel. Second Samuel 22 verse 3. Second Samuel 22 verse 3. Safety 
meditations. Oh, glory to God. I have so much to share with you. I hope the time will be enough. Glory, glory be to Jesus. Second Samuel 22 verse 3. It says, the God of my strength. Hi. What a way to call God. Look at that. It says, the God of my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge. I explained what refuge means on Sunday. He's my stronghold. He's my safe house. Hallelujah. He's my safe house. That's who he is. My safe house. My stronghold. He said, you save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Right now, the virus out there is an enemy. He says, you call upon the Lord. So shall you be saved. Saved from your enemies. Hallelujah. I'm safe. I'm safe. <laughs> How will you be safe? Thank God for all the preventive measures, but he says, I will call upon the Lord, so shall I, shall I be safe. All right. That's a declaration of the source of your safety. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Look at Psalm chapter 3, verse 3. <laughs> Psalm chapter 3, verse 3. It says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. <laughs> Listen, look at how many texts refer to God as shield, as protector. You know, and I'm reading all this so that it can form a mindset in you. You are not as vulnerable as you think. Come on, you've got a shield. A shield from disease, a shield from harm. You, Lord, are a shield for me. That's who he is. Psalm chapter 20. Psalm chapter 20, verse 1. It says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the Lord God of Jacob defend you. In the day of trouble, I have someone to call. <laughs> what a focus. What a mentality. Psalm 108. 38 verse 7. Psalm 138 verse 7. It says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, <laughs> though I walk in the midst of trouble, you revive me. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of the enemies, and your right hand will save me. Even if I walk in the midst of trouble, maybe for one reason you have to go out in this period. Even if you walk in the midst of trouble, he has stretched out his hand to save you. Glory to God. Psalm 32 verse 7. Psalm 32 verse 7. Psalm 32 verse 7. It says, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Ay, ay, ay. Songs of deliverance. Meaning in your life, in your experiences, you will have many songs from experiences of deliverance. Oh, he saved me here. He saved me there. Songs of deliverance. I told you just two months ago, I was flying from Dubai. The person from my side was straight from Beijing, China. <laughs> just imagine. 
Just imagine what might have happened. What if he had the virus? Well, it doesn't really matter. I'm safe and secure. <laughs> safe and secure. Praise the name of the Lord. He has given me songs of deliverance. He is my hiding place. He has preserved me from trouble. Glory to his name. Psalm chapter 46 verse 1. Psalm chapter 46 verse 1. You know, we're going to go deeper into this on Sunday. The theme for the teaching on Sunday is fortress. Fortress. You know, it's a deeper teaching into the protection of God. The protection of God. Fortress. Glory to God. <laughs> Psalm chapter 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. <laughs> He's my refuge and my strength. A present help, a very present help in trouble. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. That's who he is. My refuge and my strength. This should be making you to burst in tongues, causing you to burst into prayer. He is my refuge and my strength. Hallelujah. Talamando robocosites. A very present help in trouble. Very present help. Meaning, my deliverance is always timely. Supernatural intervention is always timely for me. Very present help in the time of trouble. He's never too late. In my life, he, God is never too late. Never late. Oh, glory to God. He's my present help in the time of trouble. Glory to his name. Look at Psalm 27 verse 1. Psalm 27 verse 1. This is a, a very beautiful one. Psalm 27 verse 1. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? In this context, what shall I fear? The virus? I mean, think about it. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. Whom shall, whom shall I fear? Fear? I fear nothing. I fear no one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Of whom? Of what? The Lord is my strength. The strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, mantoron de rebedige de bonso fratesash. That's my God. That's my God. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. He says, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you from, from the evil one. The Lord is faithful. Now, he has attached your security to the faithfulness of God. He's faithful. He will guard you from the evil one. Hallelujah. I'm protected from the evil one. 
Psalm 18 verse 10. Did I say Psalm? Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10. I like this one. I still have so much to share with you on time is first spent. I'm giving you ammunition. Ammunition for confession. This is safety medi- medi- meditations. Ever since I said medication, it has been coming up in my mouth. All right. I like this one. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. I found a safe house. I found a refuge. I found a fortress. The name of the Lord is strong tower. Glory to God. I'm safe and secure in the name. My safety is in the name. Not in the interventions of the government. Not in the discoveries of the World Health Organization. My safety is in the name of Jesus. The righteous run into it and are safe. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lando Rombalatori Venendo Grusa Patali Benegoshes. Second Timothy chapter four, verse eighteen. Second Timothy chapter four, verse eighteen. It says, The Lord will deliver me from every wicked work and preserve me, preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Psalm chapter 50, 59 verse 16. Psalm chapter 59 verse 16. But I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. For you have been my defense and my refuge in the day of my trouble. Hallelujah. You are my defense. You are my refuge in the day of my trouble. Thank you, dear Jesus. You are my refuge. You are my defense in the day of my trouble. Let's see what we can do with two or three more, and then we call it a day. We'll just pray for a bit. Psalm chapter 5. Psalm chapter 5. Psalm chapter 5. Verse 11. It says, let all, let all those that rejoice, let all those rejoice who put their trust in you, let them ever shout for joy. Listen, this is our testimony. This is our report. This is the testimony of our lives. Let them all rejoice that put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. He says, let them ever shout for joy. Ever. Forever. Meaning he has brought me into a life of perpetual victory. A life of perpetual rejoicing. He says, we should ever shout for joy. Because he's our defense. He has brought us into a life of perpetual victory. And he says, let us ever shout for joy. We will ever shout for joy. Alabarati us. We will ever shout for joy. I'm going to round off with this one. Psalm chapter 4 verse 8. Psalm chapter 4 verse 8. It says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. Don't lose your sleep. 
Don't lose your sleep. The psalmist says, I will lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Hallelujah. You alone, O Lord, you make me dwell in safety. <laughs> I dwell in safety. Halamandereba. I, I, I'm not losing my sleep. I dwell in safety. I dwell in safety. Give him praise right now. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000. Blessings.